After years on the road, Timmy parked the van and picked up the mic to bring you this podcast that features interviews with people from hardcore to hair metal. This is Talk To Me with your host, Joshua Toomey. Welcome to Talk To Me, episode 53. And on this episode, I speak to Robbie J, vocalist of Stuck Mojo. We talk about the new album, Here Come the Infidels, that is out this Friday, June 24th. And if you haven't heard it already, it's incredible. And make sure and check it out once it is out. I believe you can find it on a few streaming services already. And support everything that my friends over there, Rich Ward, Frank Fonseray, and now Robbie J, do with Stuck Mojo. So let's get to some sponsors so we can get to our show. You know Puck Hockey is a boutique brand, and none of their apparel is mass-produced. In fact, they don't aspire to be the next Reebok or CCM, Converse, or the Reebok Pump. They want to ensure that you're getting a truly special and unique product that has been personally approved by the athletes, musicians, and artists themselves. They love adding little extras like custom labeling and one-of-a-kind zipper pulls, cool stickers, etc. And their goal is to engage you in total hockeydom and they look forward to pushing the boundaries and exceeding your expectations of what a hockey brand can be. They've got so many great things over there. They've got the Signature Series with Mary and Hosa, and the Thrashers and Slashers line, 36 Crazy Fist, Bumblefoot, David Ellison, Tom Hazart. Make sure you're going over to PuckHockey.com, and that's P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com, and make sure when you check out to enter the promo code TALK, T-A-L-K, and get 10% off your entire order. Yes, for my listeners, enter T-A-L-K at checkout for 10% off your entire order. Hosa shoots and scores! Wow! Hosa grabbed it out of midair! There's Hosa And there are a few other ways you can support the Talk To Me podcast. Make sure you're going to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, however you get the podcast. Rate and review the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, and let your friends and family know that you listen to the Talk To Me podcast. Also, if you'd like to support the podcast monetarily, and this is my birthday week, and this is my birthday uh, request out to all of you out there, is to go to patreon.com slash talk to me, become a Patreon supporter. I just sent out some great care packages to some listeners, and uh, I saw some of their reactions. It's great. Uh, They got a grab bag of uh, wonderful, wonderful stuff that I found laying around the house, (laughs) a lot of musical memorabilia. Some of that stuff I sent out that I've had for like 25 years, some old Kiss stuff. Uh, some old baseball cards that have funny stories behind them, things like that. And it's, it's a lot of fun, a lot of interaction over here at the Talk To Me podcast. So head over to patreon.com slash talk to me, become a Talk To Me supporter, and I will appreciate that until the day that I am no longer on this wonderful earth. <laughs> so, and then uh, also make sure and get yourself a Talk To Me t-shirt over at amazon.com and uh, search out the Talk To Me podcast. Get yourself a nice Talk To Me t-shirt. They're only $20 and free shipping if you have Amazon Prime. Hey, hey, this is Chris Kale from Five Finger Death Punch. You're listening to Talk To Me. Just like Jack So I was reminded the other day while playing cards out with a friend that I haven't done shoutouts for sharing in a while, so I need to catch up. So I'm going to, I found as many as I could 
I'm going to try and catch up. And this is shout-outs for sharing. Shout-outs for sharing the podcast on Facebook and Twitter. When you see this podcast pop up on your Facebook and Twitter, hit that retweet button, hit that share button, and you will be read on a future episode of the Talk To Me podcast. My shout-outs go to Casey Sweet, Joel Baggett, Barry Donegan, Tyler Caruso, Catherine Hasig, Joel Reynolds, Puck Hockey, Look What I Did, Rico Kohler, Adam Rubio, Jeffrey Garner, Scott Sullivan, Adam Splitter PR, Davey Muse, Pure Noise Records, Eric Hall and the Shoot the Shred podcast, and Stakin' Titties on Twitter. Thank you to everyone who has shared the podcast, and I'm sorry it's taken so long to kind of catch back up. I will start doing this weekly once again, so with this episode, hit that share button, hit that retweet button, and I will read your name next week on the podcast. So you guys heard that new Gojira album, Magma, yet? Oh my god, it's so good. I was, I was listening to it the other day, just running around in the car, and there's so many riffs on that album that just made me like it put a huge grin on my face, and there was nothing I enjoyed more than writing in the room with a bunch of guys, and uh, you know that riff would come through, and you could just feel it in the room, and you'd get that big, big shit-eating grin on your face, and uh, I had that so much throughout this new Gojira album. So make sure and go check that out. Make sure and check out Magma. It is Riff, riff-tastic, riffs all over that thing. A lot of crazy stuff there. And then Joey Jordanson wants to come back to Slipknot. You know, that's a question mark right there. I haven't seen anything in any of his new bands that say that his uh, his chops are back up to snuff. And, you know, with all of his health issues and talking about being carried on stage for the last Slipknot shows, things like that, uh, I don't know if the if his legs are there. I mean, that that's some serious drumming. You would have to... Uh, He'd have to get his chops back up tremendously to go back to Slipknot. And from what I can tell, I haven't really seen too much that would tell me that Joey Jordanson's legs are back. And also, if you guys follow me on Facebook, Twitter, uh, you guys noticed that I posted a picture of my base and told you that I was coming out of retirement. Um, a couple of other podcasters and a singer that we have, we have all uh individually interviewed for our podcast uh put together a little bit of a super group uh the drums are done uh the guitars are currently being worked on and then i will be sent the tracks to lay down some bass gonna head down to my friend pat's studio down in uh, greenville kentucky shout out to muhlenberg county uh go hang out there maybe go see my grandmother while i'm down there too and uh, just have a lot of fun uh the track's gonna be a lot of fun and on that note, uh, if you guys have seen Chino performing in the volcano, Chino performing in a volcano, that's a cool story in theory. Uh, the tra- the videos that I've seen of it didn't sound too great. Uh, the acoustics were there, but the actual acoustic guitar I thought sounded kind of off. Um, it didn't sound so great, but, uh, you know, that was a pretty hefty price to pay. 20 people paid like almost two grand a piece to go down there to see three songs played. Uh, you know, cool. You get to go down to a volcano, which had an elevator. There's an elevator in a volcano. So obviously you can do that for anything, not just to go see Chino Marino of the Deftones play in a volcano. So that's just got to be crazy too. And then also I just wanted to kind of, uh, I'm, I'm terrible about doing these podcasts about, you know, holidays coming up and things like that. So, so I just, you know, Father's Day just passed and I just wanted to kind of, kind of not take a, take a minute and talk about my dad and, and all the things that he has meant to be over the years. And, uh, you know, just kind of growing up, um, single parent household grew up with my dad, which is very odd and very, um, you know, not a very typical in the, uh, you know, two parent uh, divorced situation. You know, most people grow up with their mother. I ended up growing up with my dad and, uh, you know, he bought me my first, uh, my first amp, you know, I saved up for the, for the bass, but he, you know, helped me buy a nice little practice amp and, uh, supported me all through my musical career. And I couldn't be more, more happy and more, uh, grateful 
for him. Uh, you know, just a great guy and all my friends can atone to that. Uh, you know, everybody loves seeing my dad come around. So just a, just a huge post father's day. Hopefully I can be the father that you are. And on that note, let's talk about our uh, guest of honor, Mr. Robbie J, new singer of Stuck Mojo. We get into a lot of stuff on this episode. I was taken aback when I found out how old he was. That was the one thing that, like, you know, for the rest of the episode after that, I was just like, oh, my God, this kid is so young. Um, I'm not going to spoil that right off the bat. Uh, very green, man. He's, he's he's being thrown to the wolves out there. And um, But I think with Rich and Frank and everyone in the Stuck Mojo camp, I think he'll do well. He'll prosper, and hopefully he'll take some notes and, uh, you know, wherever this leads him in, in life. I hope that he can take everything that he learns to heart and to uh, to continue his musical career for as long as Stuck Mojo goes and then whatever else he does. Robbie J, such a cool guy. A lot of great things I see. You know, he posts a lot of great things, and hopefully the fans of Stuck Mojo have gravitated towards him and will support him and this uh, this version of Stuck Mojo, Stuck Mojo 3.0, if you throw Lord Nelson in there too. So uh, let's not talk too much more. Without any further ado, let's check out some of the new Stuck Mojo, then we'll go into our interview, and then I will talk to you guys momentarily. Yeah, the rhymes I expect 
Robbie J., welcome to Talk To Me. Thanks for having me. So where are you calling in from? Are you in Canada? Are you in Atlanta? Where are you at? Uh, I'm in Montreal right now. What's Canada like? I've never been there. Uh, it's um, <laughs> really cold up here for the most part, and it's uh, only warm for like two months out of the year. Uh, but like uh, the city I'm from, Montreal, it has a really great nightlife. So it's really cool for partying if you're into that stuff, especially when you're a youngster like me and whatnot. <laughs> How old are you? You seem very young. I can't really tell. You got a baby face. Uh, you you could be 45 for all I know. So. Yeah, I'm actually uh, 22 years old right now. 22. So were you a fan of Stuck Mojo before all this came up? Did you Were you aware of them? I was actually. I've been like I heard of Stuck Mojo uh, actually um, through Fozzie. Uh, I was a huge wrestling fan as a kid. And um, I first heard about Fozzie um, through the, um, uh, it was a pay-per-view called No Way Out by WWE, and they had their song Enemy playing, and I found out about Rich through that, and then like I found out about Suck Mojo about a couple years later when they had the open season video coming out. So I've been listening okay. to them since like about 2007. I heard like a couple songs, but I hadn't really listened to like any albums until like later on, like. 2013 or whatnot. So kind of when all of this started to come about where uh, I know Rich had talked on the podcast where, you know, he didn't necessarily tell you right away that you're coming down to audition for Stuck Mojo. He kind of told you you were coming down to guest for uh, a song on a Stuck Mojo on the new Stuck Mojo album. So when it kind of all uh, started to come together, you know, how was that? How was that for you? Oh, that was pretty crazy. Um, I actually was in this other band called Hasta La Muerte from Montreal, and we were doing some rap metal stuff. And how we came into contact with Rich was we had this Canadian reviewer from Brave Words. He said that my band Asta sounded like a mix of like Van Halen gets ugly kids stuck mojoed. And then <laughs> when that came out, um, my guitarist Dave, he actually um, reached out to Rich on Twitter through our band Twitter account. And he said, hey, check us out. Um, this guy says we sound like you guys. And then it was like, but like the, the thing that's funny about that was it was for the song called uh, Pour Another Shot. And that was like my first release I like I ever put out. And it was like literally the day after that video came out, Rich saw it and he contacted me, contacted me that very same night. So it was pretty exciting. And then like he, he said that he just wanted me to feature on the new Stuck Mojo record. And I had no idea about the situation with Bones. Like I was like super excited to meet Bones and Frank and everyone else. And then, like, it was, like, a shock to me, like, when I got down there, I was, like, I, I had no idea. Like, I was just working on songs, and I thought he just wanted me to help him out with some writing or whatnot. And, yeah, that's how it all happened. So being 22, you know, Rich uh, Rich and Frank, you know, early 40s, you know, kind of hanging around those guys. Um, are you uh, kind of soaking it in, taking it in education, or what are you, how are you uh, approaching all this? Oh, definitely. It's been, like, a huge learning experience, like, just being around those guys. They know so much, and... I'm not like a guy who's like, oh, I know everything. Like I'm a 22 year old. I'm more like, okay, this is a great opportunity to like really learn from veterans and just see how the business works. And yeah, it's been great. Like, especially like uh, our manager, Mark, he's taught me a ton as well as Rich and hang out with those guys. So it's been great. Yeah. Stuck Mojo is one of those bands. They've kind of got a crazy legacy to where, you know, they weren't they weren't giant during their rap metal phase, but they were kind of the uh, almost like the forefathers of rap metal. You know, they kind of, they were one of the first. You know, when I, when it came down to like a, an actual rapper with a metal band, 
You know, they were they were up there with, you know, Anthrax, Public Enemy and, uh, you know, just the forefathers of all this this style. So, I mean, it's definitely some huge shoes to fill, you know? Yeah, like they're a band that they're not as known as like other rap metal bands like uh, Linkin Park or Limbiscuit. They never got that amount of success. But they're like a type of band where it's like a lot of those big bands do have a lot of respect for what Stuck Mojo did for the metal scene. And it's like there's like it's an undeniable influence. You know, especially like in rap metal and and even with other bands. So it's like it's a crazy honor to be a part of this. So what kind of got you into the, you know, doing the rap metal stuff? I mean, I was checking out some of your old band and you were kind of infusing that rap, you know, kind of like the rap, you know, uh, metal core almost, you would say, or something, you know, just like adding that into it. I mean, where did that come from? I mean, that's not something that's kind of, uh, you know, kind of going around right now. Um, well, it started coming along when, uh, I started first, like finding my own, like music style that I liked, like to listen to. So like, cause like I grew up listening to like a bunch of like classic rock bands, uh, that my dad listened to whatever my dad listened to. So like I was listening to things like anywhere from Elvis Presley to Black Sabbath to Rush. And then, um, finally when I became a teenager and I, I started listening to my own stuff, uh, it was like heavy music, like, um, Bands like Slipknot, um, Whitechapel, The Black Dahlia Murder, and The Dillinger Escape Plan. So what I would do is, uh, when I was younger, I started um, practicing like screaming vocals. And um, I'd also, at the same time, I was also interested in hip hop because one of my older cousins, he was into that at the time. And he introduced me to like, um, at the time I grew up in the thousands, so 50 Cent was really popular and Eminem. So I started listening to those guys and then like it went on from list to like going back in time and just listening to even more old school guys like uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony, Tupac, uh, Run DMC, Public Enemy, of course. And I just kind of was interested in the two uh, styles of music. But I always wanted to like just like do rap stuff, but keep it rap and do metal stuff, but keep it metal. Like I never thought I would ever like blend the two. But then like I eventually... You know, I was known as the guy like in the Montreal metal scene who was into metal, knew how to rap. And then like Asta was holding an audition for a rap metal dude. So I felt like I was the only guy in the scene that could f- fill that spot. So it's pretty much how I got into it here. And then Rich found me and the rest is history. Yeah, that's crazy. That's, uh, you know, you're like the one, uh, rap metal guy in Montreal. I'm sure there's not very many running around the Montreal metal scene. Well, there there are like um, there's a band called Slaves on Dope. They they're like a new metal band from yeah, the I late nineties. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're they're around, of course, uh, but there's not like any other n- really too many newer rap metal bands around. Yeah, they're more of like That's... they're more on the hard rock side of things. They're not as like they weren't as heavy as like I thought Asta was. Right. Yeah. There's a. Uh... I mean, outside of, you know, what you were doing, I mean, I have seen a couple of bands kind of pop up with that whole, like, rap, like, uh, like not necessarily rap metal, but almost like rap metal core, like, like Attila or somebody like that, like a band, which is odd because they were they're from Atlanta, but I heard them on a, uh, on a podcast one day talking about how they had never heard of Stuck Mojo, and that just blew my mind, like, how, how can you be a, a rap metal band from Atlanta and never heard of Stuck Mojo, so. Uh, what well, I think it's like, we're we're part of like a, a different generation, so it's, yeah, that's it's true. But like, yeah, I, and like I I I don't know what the scene's like down there, so I, I wouldn't be able to say <laughs> right. like here here in Montreal, like um we do know like 
like our founding father metal bands, so to speak, like uh, bands like Voivod and uh, death metal bands, Cryptopsy and, you know, um, Slaves on Dope. Like we, we respect these bands here and like they're like bands like Despise Icon as well. So like we have like a profound respect for them like up here, but I don't know what it's like down in Atlanta. <laughs> right. I mean, Atlanta is a hotbed. I mean, there's tons and tons and tons of bands and, are, you know, rappers and, and a lot of stuff going on down there. So, I mean, I could, I could understand uh, maybe not knowing the history of your town, but it's still kind of funny. Uh, someone that's kind of, the, you know, the, the pioneering band of that genre and, and they're in your town and not knowing what they are. But uh, give me a quick geography lesson. Where, looking at the uh, United States and Canada, where, like where does like uh, Montreal line up with? Like, uh, it's on the east south of Canada, so it's like uh, close to New York. Okay. So is it, is it near like like Buffalo or is that? Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty close to Buffalo. Okay. Like a couple hours right. away. What's the metal scene up there going on right now? Like anything going on? Any bands that, uh, you know, maybe uh, people are yet to hear of? Uh, there's a there's a couple of cool bands that are going on here. Um, we got um, these bands called um, Death Lullaby and Obliterate. They're uh, these upcoming bands. They're not on big labels, but uh, it'd be nice to see those two bands, like, head out on a tour one day. Very cool, man. Yeah, speaking of touring, I mean, I've looked at the, uh, you know, what you've got coming up with Stug Mojo in a couple of months. I mean, you're basically getting thrown to the fire. You know, you're gonna gonna play a couple of uh, a couple of shows in the states, and then you're gonna go do giant festivals overseas. So, I mean, that's just got to be a whirlwind for you. I mean, how's that? Uh, how's all that coming for you? Uh, like, honestly, like I've only played two shows in my life prior to this, so it's gonna be it's like a hell of an experience. Like, oh, I can't, geez. I honestly can't tell you until I do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Wow, yeah, it's definitely going to be uh, thrown to the fire, but I mean, you've definitely got some good teachers there with uh, Mr. Frank Fonsere and Rich Ward, so you know, yeah. <laughs> just uh, just listen, sit back, listen, like, and uh, yeah. take they some could, notes. Yeah, like if they got their faith in me, like I think I'll be all right. Like I'll just listen to what they tell me, and I'm sure it'll be okay. <laughs> so, kind of stepping into Bones' shoes, I mean, is it, how are you? How are you uh, taking that? I mean, I know. Um, you know, he was a huge voice of that band, and and, and I've you know I've said on this podcast before, and I'm and I'm sure you've heard it heard me say it, but I mean, um, of, of anyone that they could have brought into the band, I think that your voice is similar enough to Bones to where you know the classic songs are going to sound good, but I think you sound enough of your own, you have enough of your own voice to where you know it's something new and something fresh. So uh, you know, just where are you in this whole uh, you know Bones situation, and uh, you know the fans kind of uh, clamoring to have him and and all that stuff. You know, when I first found out that Bones wasn't in the band, I was a little shocked, of course. Uh, but at the same time, uh, Rich really wanted to continue doing Stuck Mojo. So I figured somebody was going to take that spot, whether it was Bones or somebody else. Like, And at this point, Bones wasn't in the equation anymore. So if it wasn't going to be me, it was going to be somebody else. And when I went down to Atlanta um, for the first time, I had no clue. Um, the, the only thing that I did going in before going to Atlanta was Rich sent me a song that ended up becoming Tambourine, uh, which is on Here Come the Infidels, the album. And uh, it was similar to the song I did with my other band in like a sense that it wasn't like a typical Stuck Mojo song. Rich wanted to do a song about like a chick. So that's what it's about. So, um, but then when I went, before I went down there, he also sent me two other songs that he had written lyrics for 
And then while I was down there, I wrote another song like on the spot. He made me write it like the night before, like two days before I was leaving, heading back home to Montreal. So like um, he he finally sat me down on like the last day that I was there. And he was like, look, I want you to be the singer for Stuck Mojo. Like, I don't want anybody else. There's no auditions or anything like that. So it's like it's you who's going to be the front man. And I want to move on forward with you. So it's like if. If I if I didn't take that spot, somebody else would have, and right. you know it's not an opportunity you could pass up. So, so when you were sitting there with the four songs, by the end of the time, were you sitting there kind of thinking that something was going on, or were you just happy to be collaborating? Uh, like honest, honestly, I thought it was like like ghostwriting or something at first. Oh, okay, like I had no idea that like Bones wasn't there, so I thought like I didn't mind it. Like I was cool. I'm like I figured like it was at least going to do like cool stuff for me as as like an artist and like possibly like the band that I was in at, at the time. And then it was only like until like, you know, literally, literally the last day before I left, like he, he told me like, it, yeah, here's the deal, you know. And are you going to continue doing your other band? Or are you going to continue doing other stuff? I mean, I know Rich was talking uh, about, you know, he's obviously still got Fozzie and still doing Stuck Mojo. So, I mean, are you going to continue to do other projects as well? Um, well, I actually had to quit doing Asta, like, because I, I just wanted to focus on Stuck Mojo at the time. Right. Uh, but um, that that band's currently on a hiatus, so you never know. Like, maybe I'll get back together with those guys. Maybe not. I I just wish them all the best. Uh, but aside from that, um, I'm working on non-music projects. Like, I'm doing a lot of uh writing on the side, and I plan to launch something at the end of the year or beginning of next year that I can't talk too much about. Cause like I'm waiting for it to come into fruition and I just have my ideas like that I'm planning right now for the moment. So how have you been taking with like the, uh, with the fans? I mean, how, you know, I'm, I'm sure they've reached out to you. I'm sure, you know, Facebook, obviously you can uh, reach anybody at this point. So I mean, are fans kind of coming to you like, uh, you know, uh, saying hello and wishing you well, or are they come has, has anybody been negative coming at you, you know, um, you know, hateful or anything like that? Uh, yeah, for the most part, fans have been very supportive and the, they've been really cool. They've been great. Like, uh, like a lot of people reach me on Twitter and I think it's awesome. Like whenever they message me, like I'll, I'll message them back. Like I'll, I'll try to like personalize each message and it's, it's been great. Like I feel the, the feedback's been more positive than it has been negative. So that's something that surprised me and, but I'm definitely very happy about it. Right. And uh, uh- you know, even you said earlier you were growing up listening to like a Van Halen or any any band that's going to change singers. I mean, I was in, you know, obviously Primer 55 when we changed singers, it was never it never was the same. Um, you know, a lot of bands, you know, uh, perfect examples like a Skid Row or something, you know, like they always want the original singer back. And it's uh, it's such a such a hard thing for fans to take. So, I mean, are you, are, you know, preparing yourself for that side of it, too? Uh, well, you know, I, I think like there are a lot of bones diehard fans that are out there that will probably never accept it. But I feel that there, there are a lot of people that are supportive of the new direction that stuck mojo is going. So I feel like that, yes, there, there is a legacy to respect and I, I totally respect everything bones did, even everything Lord Nelson has done. And I just want to do my best, like as the new frontman of stuck mojo and only time will tell how well I do. Yeah, it's it's such a, you know, always such a hard thing to do to 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 replace somebody, especially somebody that was um you know, Bones was obviously uh, 
huge front man and a huge presence in the band. You know, I know it was a lot of a lot of rich too. You know, so it's uh, so it's, you know, it's just going to be a tough undertaking for anybody to do. So I mean, I think as long as you take it on and uh, you know, just being cool with the fans stuff like that is going to get you get you far in all of this. Yeah, you know, like I can't really talk much about it until like I actually do everything there is to do. Like I still haven't played any shows, so. I'll let the fans judge me after that, after we do a couple tours. And if they like it, cool. If not, it's it's still cool, you know. From what you were kind of saying, too, I mean, I think you're you're on the side of the fans, too, that, you know, obviously you would like to be the singer of Stuck Mojo, but, I mean, obviously I think you would also enjoy, um, you know, a Bones Stuck Mojo album, too. I think that, you know, you were saying earlier that you were going down there thinking you were going to get to talk to Bones and you were going to get to talk to Frank and Rich and everybody. So I think you were actually looking forward to a Bones Stuck Mojo record, too. Oh hell yeah, I definitely I definitely was, but it's like that didn't end up happening. So, you know, you you got to make the best out of it. And as a fan of Stuck Mojo before joining the band, it's like I just wanted wanted it to be the best record. And like going into it, making the record with Rich, it's kind of like okay, how did I how would I envision a new Stuck Mojo record to sound like? And that that's what we did on this record. I don't know. Just kind of going back, it's 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 always a hard thing. But uh, let's move on to to some other stuff. I mean, you were kind of talking about your dad listening to music. I mean, was your did you grow up in a musical family? Or are they do they play music or are they just uh, fans of music? No, no. My, my dad was just like a, a big fan of music. He wasn't like a musician or anything like that. And how does he? You know, is he proud of what his son is doing? Type stuff. Yeah, of course he is. He talks about me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Walking around with his Stuck Mojo shirts on. <laughs> yeah, he ordered them. <laughs> Was your dad aware of Stuck Mojo? I mean, uh, you know, um, roughly, I'm, I'm thinking timeline. I mean, I think you would be a little bit older when Stuck Mojo came out, but you know, it's roughly around the same time. Yeah, no, he he didn't he he did he wasn't into that like heavy heavy music like that at the time. He he like stopped listening to new music that came out in the '90s. He only started listening to newer music when I got into music, and then like I introduced him to like bands like Slipknot and whatnot at the time. Very cool. So, what's he think about all this? I mean, is he, uh, you know, just I don't know. I mean, I just, I just, it's just got to be crazy. I mean, I guess being a father now and uh, yeah, trying to see what my kids would be like if they're actually doing music and stuff and just being a proud father. So I'm sure he's just going crazy. Yeah, yeah, he definitely is. You want to talk about your uh, your girlfriend's band on this at all, or you want to keep that a secret? Uh, sure. You you want to be talking about the Agonist? Yeah, the Agonist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're great. Uh, they just uh, recorded their new album uh, last month. And it's going to be coming out. Well, I can't. I can't announce that actually. <laughs> they ha- I don't think they have yet. Right. But it, well, I, mean, I just saw that it's on Napalm Records. So it's. I mean, it's just a just a cool thing. I mean, uh, you know, two vocalists in the band, and just, that's a. Uh, are, are the Agonists from there, or just how did you guys meet? Uh, yeah, the Agonist is from Montreal. Um, my girlfriend Vicky, she's actually from Greece, but she was born in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, so she has dual citizenship between the two countries, and. Um, I met her at Heavy Montreal, actually, because uh, Rich and Mark, they invited me to go see Fozzie uh, last summer in 2015. And uh, I met her backstage in the in the, um, the artist world place at the catering. And uh, so are you guys like, how, how are you guys going to work all this out? I mean, it's a, definitely a huge undertaking to, to, to be two touring musicians. Uh, yeah, it is. But it, it's also really cool. You know, there's... A, like a mutual understanding between the two of us when we're away. And, you know, it's, it's definitely hard to be away from your partner when, when they're on tour or you're on tour, I guess. 
But like, um, like my girlfriend, she's already done a one month tour while we were together and she went away for a month last month. So, you know, it, it's cool to understand that perspective. Whereas like if I was with somebody who didn't do that, they, it would be like a one way street where I'm the one going, going away all the time. And like, I wouldn't get, you know, I wouldn't know how it feels. Right. You know, you know, the way that I do with Vicky. Well, it's kind of one of those things, too, where I think you guys could each go on separate tours and then, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder type stuff. And then actually, you know, uh, not having to see, see each other all the time, you know, might actually work out for you. Yeah, it does. It definitely does. Like, we definitely feel that, like, on these past two occasions where it did happen. So that's cool, man. Yeah, it's it's that's got to be that's got to be rough, too. Just trying not trying to work all that out. But all right. So look at the bloodstock. I just pulled it up. Mm hmm. You're gonna you're gonna be playing with Slayer, Twisted Sister, Mastodon, Behemoth, Gajira, Anthrax, and Venom. Uh, you know, so many crazy bands: uh, Fear Factory, Symphony X, Corrosion Conformity. I mean, what are you, you know, just looking at that lineup? What are some of the bands on there that you just can't wait to see? Oh, uh, well, I think we're only playing the Friday, and then we're heading out to Brutal Assault uh, okay. the day after. So I unfortunately won't be able to get to see many of those bands. But um, on the Friday, I think we're we're playing on the same stage as Corrosion of Conformity and uh, Twisted Sister, Venom, and Behemoth. So oh, wow. if I get a chance to see those guys, like I, I definitely will. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I just that that's, that's so crazy. Just kind of getting like thrown in the wolves like that. So I mean, basically, you said you've played two shows, mm-hmm. and then you've got two Stuck Mojo shows in the states that I've seen. So basically, your fifth show ever is going to be like a gigantic show. That's insane. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what kind of prep are you doing? I mean, are you just like you know watching uh, you know festival shows and taking notes and game tape and everything else? Like, how are you? How are you getting prepared? Uh, yeah. Um, I've been watching a bunch of like pan- old school Pantera videos and uh, Faith No More videos. So I've been like really like studying Mike Patton and Phil quite a bit. <laughs> that's cool man. you have like a you have a very old soul i can tell that's nice that's <laughs> yeah i mean just being 22 like I, I just can't get over the being 22 part i mean i figured you're at least in like your late 20s but not 22 jesus christ i think i was 20 i was 22 when i first went on my first tour so it was uh so it's definitely crazy but i'd played a bunch of shows you know leading up to that mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I get I get I have a question from my Patreon page. So if you want to be a supporter of the Talk to Me podcast, Patreon.com, you're out there. You can ask a question. And uh, Scott Bowling asks, um, you know, what classic Stuck Mojo album slash song is your favorite? Ooh, uh, my favorite Stuck Mojo album is Declaration of a Headhunter. But um, my favorite classic Stuck Mojo song is Only the Strong Survive from Pig Walk. Very cool. Yeah, there are there a few songs on the set like you're, uh, you know, basically looking forward to more than the others, like on the classic stuff. Uh, on the classic stuff, uh, I'm really looking forward to playing "Throw the Switch" live from the Rising record. That's cool, man. And uh, are you guys have you have you kind of uh, put together a set? Are you guys talked about a set yet? Are you guys um, you know, uh, kind of yeah. is it going to be like you know a mixture of like a good you know half and half or just a couple of songs off the new stuff and a a classic set? What are you what are you guys looking at? It's um we're we're going to be playing six new songs off the new record, and the rest of the set will be a bunch of old school songs. So we're going to be playing uh, about two songs from each album, uh, except for declaration and um southern born killers we're only going to be playing one from each okay yeah that's the one thing with like um 
you know, just classic Slug Mojo and the new stuff. You know, I mean, that's the one thing. Uh, you know, you've got your voice too, but then you know, Rich has also got a very cool, like, kind of death metal-y growl that I've always really enjoyed. And I always think it's a very cool, like, uh, you know, good cop, bad cop, you know, kind of voice. And uh, you know, so it's got to be cool to work with him, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think what's cool about me is that I won't only be doing some rapping stuff. I'll actually be sharing some growling vocals with Rich during the live sets. So. So at the uh, Heavy Montreal Festival, did you have any uh, interactions with Chris Jericho? Uh, I, I briefly met him. I just like said hello and told him a story about how I almost met him when I was like 10 or 11 at like a WWE signing. How did you almost meet him at a WWE signing? <laughs> like my, <laughs> signing. My dad uh, had taken me and my little brother um, at like, I think it was at an HMV. And like I, uh, the lineup was too big, but like we kind of like, we didn't cut in line, but we went like on the side of the line and like, we kind of just like waved like, Hey Jericho, what's up, man? And like, he just like waved back and that was it. (laughs) (laughs) And like 10 years later, I, I'm in like his guitarist's other band. I was actually joking with Rich. I was like, you know, what's it, what's with him and, uh, you know, Canadian born singers. (laughs) So, you know, (laughs) pretty funny coincidence. (laughs) Right. You know, of all people, you know, you can't find a, uh, any kind of rappers in Atlanta, you got to go to Canada for them. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, there's a funny story to that. I actually, uh, like, yeah, go ahead. like our, our manager, Mark, he was actually like, when Rich was telling him, like when he saw like my Austin video and Rich was like, dude, this is the guy. Like he was apparently telling Mark, like, this is the guy, like I got to have him. And like my manager was telling me the story and he's like, what the hell are you talking about? Like this really, like you can't find somebody here in Atlanta. There's like <laughs> millions of people here. You got to get some Canadian kid. I mean, it's such a crazy way to find singers these days, you know, it's, you know, you, you know, one day there'll be a movie about you, you know, like the journey story and, and, yeah. you know, any, any other band that's ever found a, you know, a singer off of YouTube or, uh, you know, Twitter, basically, you know, it's, it's a, definitely a new age to where, you know, Rich is sitting back looking at his Twitter feed and then he sees that video and contacts you. The next thing you know, you're, you know, you're the newest lead singer of Stuck Mojo through YouTube. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think like that's that's the power of the internet now. It's like you could find these super musicians like through YouTube. Like you could find some killer guitarists or killer bassists, like guys who like absolutely destroy the drums, like just by checking out some YouTube videos and you know, like they end up joining these big bands. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, you can sit back and, you know, just, I think that anybody out there that aspires to be a musician should upload uh, you know, cover songs of, of any of all of your, you know, basically cover all of your favorite bands. And then, you know, basically, you know, that band one day will may may need a bass player or a drummer and they're going to search YouTube and find you that way. And I think it's going to happen more often than not. Mm-hmm. And like with the Internet, there's like so much you can learn from it. There's like such a wealth of music out there that you can listen to. There's like a bunch of like online lessons you can take. There's like a bunch of tricks you can learn. And it's like it's it's crazy. So. Uh, yeah, the really guitar, cool. guitar and bass tutorial videos are just insane. Just you know how I, I've sat there and just you know gone through them. One day I'll sit there with a, on a lazy Sunday and mm-hmm. have the acoustic guitar out and learning. I was like, you know what, I should, I want to learn this song. And like, bam, five seconds later you're learning it. It's 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 crazy how far technology has brought everybody. Yeah, exactly. So do you have any good Frank Fonsere stories? You know, I I I've always, I think I've <laughs> talked on this podcast nine thousand times about how much. You know, how much I loved touring with him and just picking his brain and talking Kiss and, and just goofing off and stuff. So, you know, any good Frank Fonsere stories yet? Um, I just have one. Like, I haven't hung out with Frank too much because, you know, he's, he's got his family. And 
I'm not, I'm, I don't live in Atlanta currently. So, but I actually do have one from the music video shoot we did um, a couple months ago. It was actually between him and our, our new bassist, Len. And like they, they went in like a funny back and forth, like about um, artists, like signing autographs for fans. Like Len was t- talking about like some story about uh, meeting Kirk Hammett and Kirk Hammett didn't want to sign, sign like an autograph or something for anyone that day at like some festival. And like uh, Len was going on like, oh, our, all artists should do it. And like Frank was like, no, nah, no, nah, man, like artists, art, art, artists aren't entitled to do that. Like, like, like personally, I'll always do it. He was saying, but like, you know, I don't feel that like any artist should just like is entitled to give like autographs to anyone. And like, what's funny about it was they kept going on about it for like a good, like 20 or 40 minutes, like backstage in the dressing room. And it was like, right. Frank <laughs> wouldn't let up. And like, uh, finally Len's like, okay, okay. You're right, Frank, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I said, they're talking to, you know, when I talked to rich, on the podcast, you know, I'd never, I've, I've briefly met him, you know, over the years, but I've never actually sat and talked with him, but you know, Frank, I've talked, talked to you for a long time, but, uh, you know, I did the podcast with Frank and, and, you know, you basically just say a couple of words and then Frank will just take it for the rest of the way. And then Rich was the same way. I just, you know, said a couple of words and, you know, Rich talks for an hour and a half on his own. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I was sitting there thinking, I was like, man, I, does, does Robbie or anybody get a word in? Like, I, I would love to just see Rich and Frank just talk because I'm sure it just goes on forever. <laughs> I, I think Rich is just like no, there's no, there's no talking. There's no way like Frank's gonna give up. Like Frank, Frank, he knows his shit, and he'll like make a point to make his point. You know, right? Well, that's one thing on the on the podcast I will bring up with you. I mean, the one thing that that Rich said was was a very uh, you know complimentary view was where he had kind of came into the Stuck Mojo album writing a lot of the lyrics, but then once he got to know you and start to to work with you. He kind of just sat back and let you write all of the lyrics. So, I mean, that's a huge undertaking there. You know, how were, how did you feel about that? You know, once you noticed he was kind of letting you do your thing? Uh, it, was, it was really cool. Like, I'd say it was our relationship, our songwriting relationship was always like that. Um, since he met me, it was like he sent me the first instrumental for Tambourine. He had already written the chorus for it. And he he told me basically, like, just write the verses. And that's what I did. Uh, before I like even went down to Atlanta, then like he wrote two other songs, uh, Rape Whistle and Blasphemy. All the lyrics for that were done, and so I didn't have much work to do there. And pretty much uh, the album, for the album, I, I had written my verses basically for the most part. Like there's like a couple of verses here and there where like the the lyric writing was split. Uh, but I'd say I, I had mostly written most of my my rhyme patterns for like all my verses. For at least the majority of them, at least. And um, Rich was basically writing all the courses or the bridge stuff. Like anything that was like singing, it was mostly written by Rich, like entirely written by Rich. And then how did you how did you feel about how they went about, uh, you know, kind of releasing the album? I mean, you know, it comes out on, you know, on Friday, June 24th. So, you know, just putting it out through Pledge Music. I mean, how did you feel about doing all that with all of the crazy, you know, tears and signing stuff and, you know, selling Rich's wardrobe, all that stuff? I mean, that was a crazy way to put out an album, I think. Oh, it's a cool way to like to like give like some intimate items away to fans. So um, I think it's cool. I think it's a cool, cool thing. It's a very, you know, 2016, a, a way to put out an album too. <laughs> you know, 10, yeah. 20 years ago, you would just put it out and, and hopefully it goes gold. But now you have to, you know, basically, you know, dance monkey to get everything to get anyone to buy anything these days and do all kinds of extras. But I mean, it was it's a cool idea. And I think that they uh, 
I think you guys pulled it off really well. But I think like Stuck Mojo also has like a diehard fan base that will support us no matter what. I think I think a lot of heavy metal or heavier music bands have that fan base <laughs> as opposed to like pop musicians or rappers where it's like they come and they go. But like I feel in the heavy music scene, a lot of fans support their bands that they that they like. So. I think it's cool that we did it like this. There's like no bullshit. We're not going through a label or anything like anything we sell, like it comes directly to us. So our fans are directly supporting the band. Yeah. I think that I think that the metal community tends to rally around its artists, but it's harder, I think for a new band, like a fresh baby band to do something like what stuck Mojo did. But I think, you know, Mojo had a, such a, a rabid fan base, such a long-term fan base. And then, you know, also the, the other side of it is a lot of the classic you know, Mojo fans are are in their you know late thirties, early forties, and and have should have decent jobs by now and mm-hmm. some disposable income that they're not you know uh, out of the bars every night like you know like we were when we were twenty and yeah. twenty two and and uh, you know just blowing through money. So I mean you know that and so I mean I think they can take care of their artists. You know, it's kind of like when I was a kid. You know, my mom would go see the Eagles and pay two hundred and fifty dollars for a ticket. And you're just like, a, where do you get that kind of money? And b, why would you ever do that? Yeah. But, but I mean, now if you know if 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 like a reunited Pantera with Zach Wild came through right. and the tickets were two fifty, I'm like, you know, I'm like, you know, yeah, basically ripping out the debit card as fast as possible. So yeah, that's it. Yeah, they, actually, Phil Anselmo is going to be here, and I do the podcast out of Louisville, Kentucky. Phil Anselmo is doing a uh, basically like a spoken word type deal. I don't, I, I saw. I don't exactly know what it's doing, but it's like fifty bucks. But uh, we, I got my ticket the other day. I'm gonna go and check and see, you know, check out and see what, what's going on. I have to see, uh, you know, basically sit down with Phil and hopefully, you know, maybe he can get himself out of all this mess that he's got himself into. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. So what's uh, you know, just basically like a couple of um, you kind of went over some of your influences earlier, but I mean, what? I, well, I guess what are you listening to right now? What's what's one of the things you know, kind of going through your through your headphones? Uh, well, like I have this OCD thing where I want to listen to as many artists and bands as possible. So, uh, what I do is like, I try to listen to like a band's entire studio discography, like from album one to like their most recent one or their last one. So yeah. recently, like some of the bands I've listened to, like I went back in time and I've been listening to, um, like I listened to Iron Maiden, uh, Judas Priest, uh, Queen. And as far as newer bands, like I've been listening to uh, Gojira and Mastodon. I really like nice. those two. Yeah, that new Gojira song. So, like everything I've heard so far has just been so good. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely looking forward to that once that comes out. Yeah, me too. Me too. All right, so let's uh, let's let's go ahead and kind of start wrapping this up. You know, but I mean, what are you what are you most excited about once this album comes out? Uh, what are you most excited? What songs are you most excited for everyone to hear? Uh, well, my personal favorites uh, on the album is. Well, my favorite is Rape Whistle. It's the one that Rich wrote. Uh, I think it's killer. Like, uh, Rich had written the chorus uh, and the verses, and the only thing I wrote on that song was uh, this, this bridge section. Uh, I think it's a, it's a killer song about free speech and just, you know, talking about... It's like anti-leftist, like this mainstream thought culture. Um, it, it, it's all, all against that, so I think it's like a very powerful song, and I'd say it's like the equivalent to what open season was to Southern born killers back in 2007. It's like that song for here come the infidels to me. That's great, man. And, um, let's see, I'm going to play a song right now. And what song should that be off of the new album? Uh, play some Charles Bronson. 
All right, we'll definitely play some Charles Bronson. And uh, once again, the album comes out this Friday, June 24th. You guys can check it out. Where, where can they get the album? Is it going to be released through iTunes and all that wonderful stuff? Are they still going to have to go through the uh, through the crowdfunding? Uh, it's going to be released through Pledge Music, uh, Amazon, and we have it in stores in FYE. <laughs> so you can actually still go out and get physical copies of it. That's going to be great. Yeah, you can check it out there. Yeah. All right, Robbie J. Well, I appreciate you taking some time tonight, sir. Oh, thank you very much for having me.
Hey, what's up? This is Bobby Burns from Fire 55, Murder of the Flesh, Killers in the Workplace, Soulfly, etc. And you're listening to Hot Toomey Podcast. And thank you again to Robbie J of Stuck Mojo for coming on the Talk To Me podcast. Make sure you are supporting Stuck Mojo, Robbie J, and everyone over there in the Stuck Mojo camp by getting your copy of Here Come the Infidels out this Friday, June 24th. Let me know what you guys think of the new album. Hit me up on Facebook, facebook.com slash talk to me talk. Tweet me at talk to me talk. Or if you'd like to email the podcast directly, it's talk to me talk at gmail.com. Let me know what you guys think of the new album. Also, if you guys have talk to me t-shirts out there, please send me photos of you guys wearing it. Maybe the photo of the t-shirt somewhere cool. I need to start posting a lot of those on the old Facebook and Instagram. And let's get some support out there and let me know where you guys are rocking the talk to me t-shirt especially if you take it to like a show or something that would be so cool to see the talk to me t-shirt out there i'm gonna leave you guys this week with a song off the new gojira album and gojira is a band that i saw probably 10 years ago with lamb of god and machine head and i just didn't get into it back then and with this new album um with this song stranded you know i've I've seen it so much posted on facebook and twitter and i checked it out and uh you know i finally listened to it the other day on spotify went out and bought the album it's so good i'm uh might be my new favorite band so many riffs on this album so much good stuff and um and i'm definitely gonna have to go back now and uh dive into the catalog and uh fly face first into everything that they do so yeah just go and check out the new album it's so good no matter what eric hall and the shoot the shred podcast says <laughs> it's definitely worth every dime that you spend on it so make sure you're checking it out this is off of the new album uh this is gojira this is off of magma and this song is called stranded you guys have a great week <laughs> <laughs>